This is the Matt Townsend Show. If we're not wholeheartedly in our relationship, then we probably are always looking for exit strategies. Your guide on the side. I would suggest you forge more character. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Good morning, I'm Leanna Tan, and welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm really excited for what I have in store for you today. All you loyal Matt Townsend fans might recognize this one if you go back to the very far reaches of your brain. I was looking through all the files of Matt's episodes, and I decided to go back to the very first one. It was really entertaining to hear Matt's passion and his vision for the show and to compare it to his later stuff. And it was interesting to see how the Matt Townsend show has developed and grown over these years. If you didn't know, Matt ran his show for more than six years, and I found his first episode, which aired on April 30th, 2012. So let's go back to that day and reminisce with Matt on his very first day on air. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Our inaugural show, our first show of, I'm sure, 10 million more. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm your host, Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can every day on this show to help you and your families grow healthy, happy relationships and life, really, long into the future. One of our goals on the show is to give you some tools, some keys, some skills for how to live a life that uh, that maybe can create more happiness, more uh, safety for yourself and your family. Really, we want to create, I don't know, let's call it the user's guide for human race, right? Help you get some tools, some ideas to get through the day today and uh, maybe make every day a little bit better. That is the purpose of the show. And my name is Matt Townsend. I'm your host. I'm a relationship coach. Spend lots of time in study uh, in school, learning a bunch of stuff about people. And now, listen to me. I'm on the radio, teaching you what we can every week. And now, every day, what we're going to do is take on a brand new subject, a brand new topic, and hopefully bring you some light, some ideas. We want to leave you every day with some real life solutions, skills. And then if we can, we're even going to challenge you. We're going to try to have fun on the show as well. Nothing more healing, really, than a little humor in our lives. And so that's what we're going to be doing today. Now, today's show, uh, for the inaugural show, I'm going to keep using the word inaugural. You don't get to use that very often. In fact, I'm not even sure if I'm using it right. Uh, For the first show, here's what we want to talk about. Life is tough, if you haven't noticed. In fact, I just did a sweep of the headlines. Listen to this. Let me just read you. A few of the headlines just straight out of the newspaper. Okay, you ready for this? Search resumes for a boy swept away in a river. Standoff ends with suspect's death. The U.S. labor market slows its stride. So the U.S. labor market's taken a big dip. Mother killed in a rollover accident. New York braces for a return of protesters. And a boy uh, and in a dogfight over a purse. Uh, so a, apparently a purse snatcher snuck into his house, and a boy and his dog had to fight the purse snatcher off. And finally, the last headline, teen convicted of murder that he committed at the age of 14 years of age. And so I'm sitting there thinking, wow, what is more depressing than that? What is more depressing than life? And then all of a sudden I think back to my clients, my friends, Just people that are just trying to make it through on this big, great, big ball of mud that's flying through the sky. How do we make it better? How do we take life as it comes? How do we change it? How do we take it to the next level? That's what we're going to be talking about on today's show on the Matt Townsend Show. 
How do you do it? It's not an easy thing, and I have a feeling it's not going to necessarily get easier every day, and I'm sure you're noticing that. Do you predict our economy is going to make your life easier this year or harder this year? Do you predict as your family grows it's going to be easier for you or harder for you next year? So as we go through this, I want to see if we can't give you some hope, and even maybe more importantly, give you some real live examples, some real tools that you can use to follow to take your life back so that you don't have to make it... um, What's the word for it? You don't have to just follow the, the lead of the unhappy. And instead, maybe we can give you some tools to actually take your life and start enjoying it one more time. So one of the ways I did that is I found another headline. And it's a, it's a great story about a boy from Anchorage, Alaska. He's a five-year-old boy who is bravely batter, battling cancer. So here's this boy. He's got cancer, leukemia. His name is Leland Camera. And he's been battling leukemia since September. And this young boy, five years of age, he, um, he, he basically wanted to go to Disneyland. And uh, some of the people from the Make-A-Wish Foundation wanted to provide a way for him and his family to get to Disneyland. And on the way, um, they were going to throw a party for him. And the party was going to be where he invites his friends and they have a big dinner and um, – the dinner was kind of the send-off for him to go to Disneyland. And check out what this boy did. So, a boy battling cancer. Now, maybe he's the perfect example. I, I kind of feel like he is. He's the perfect example of what we should be doing with our trials, with the stuff that's, uh, that's, that's beating us up in our lives. Um, this young man decided that he wanted to serve people. So he invited everybody to the party, and then he made sure that he served everybody their dinner. He wanted to take time to serve him and to care for him. Here's a clip from the story. Because I wanted to help out. It was heartbreaking when he asked, you know, I want to volunteer somewhere. Awesome, his parents. Yeah, knowing that your five-year-old wants to volunteer and wants to help his community. I mean, it's an amazing feeling. When I asked him if he was sure that he wanted to serve other kids, he said, so many people have helped me, I'd like to help others. Isn't that amazing? He just wants to help out. They asked him, seriously, bud, Leland, why do you want to do this? Because I just want to help out. Maybe that's the way we start to get out of our funk, some of the stuff, the problems, the pain we're dealing with in life. Maybe we don't just sit there and get frustrated by it. Maybe we don't stew about it and think about it. Maybe we take the example, the lead of a five-year-old boy who just understands that if I could just help some people out, maybe that's going to help me feel better. At least it's going to help those people that he, that he served feel better. So that, to me, is the goal. Uh, the problem in life is life is filled with the tough stuff, isn't it? It's filled with the trials, with the troubles. And on the show, I don't want to just sit there and make it all Pollyanna and make everybody feel like, yeah, just be happy. It's just not that bad. In fact, I do not want to follow the advice of our uh, good friend Homer Simpson. Oh, look at me. I'm making people happy. <laughs> I'm the magical man from Happy Land <laughs> in a gumdrop house at Lollipop Lane. Yeah, that is not the goal of the show. I'm not just the magical man from Happy Land in the gumdrop house from Lollipop Lane. But there are some very, very real life tools. There's things that we can bring into our lives. There's things that we can do to truly make our relationships better, to make our life better, and to deal with the troubles and the, and the trials that we're facing. One of the neat things I believe in life is it's not, it's not new. This isn't a new thing that we're going through. It's not like um, 
we all didn't expect life to be difficult, even though it feels like sometimes we forgot it would be. But I guess when we get into it, it's supposed to be this way. It's not necessarily supposed to just be a lollipop, uh, a walk down gumdrop house in lollipop lane. Apparently, it's supposed to be difficult, but how do you get through it? So if you're the single mom that's trying to make ends meet, and you're at the end of your rope because you don't have enough money to make it another week, how do you find peace? How do you find happiness? How do you literally not worry and find some happiness? That's what we're going to talk about today, and we've got a great guest coming up. His name is Mike Schlappi. He'll be coming up after our break. Uh, he's a speaker. He's, he's an author. He's got an incredible story about how to take something that just, you know what? It was just weird. It was out of the blue, uh, happened as a kid, and the man has made it his life purpose to show people how to do that. And so we're going to get into that. Seriously motivating, uh, incredible guy with an incredible story. But I want you to be thinking about it. Are you, are you sitting there at home thinking or in your car thinking, man, you know, my life's a bummer. I just lost my job. Are you down? Are you unhappy? Because if you are, keep listening. If you know somebody that really needs to hear this, get them listening. Get them on the phone or, I mean, get them on the, get them on Sirius, get them to start listening to our show, because this, I believe, is a show that's going to change your life if you can figure out a way to, um, to, to seriously bring into your life some of the things we're going to be talking about with our next guest. Now, remember... Go get your friends. Take them to Sirius XM 143. Also, you can go pick up a live stream of the show on BYURadio.com, and um, that way they can listen to it as well. So, again, think about it. Are you a happy person? Are you a less than happy person? What are your troubles? What are your trials? And are you ready to learn and change? Are you ready to let that stuff go, or do you want to keep hanging on to it for some, I guess, awkward, beneficial reason? A lot of us hang up onto our stories. Sometimes we even like to beat each other up with them. That's the concept. That's what we're talking about right after this break. Hey, folks, thanks for listening to the first segment of The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, we've got a special episode for you today. We are listening to Matt's very first episode of The Matt Townsend Show. This episode is all about forgetting your worries and being happy. Matt had a great episode to kick off his show. It's really captivating and inspiring. He interviewed a guy named Mike Schlappi, who got shot by his friend when he was 15 years old and now lives in a wheelchair, but who has gone on to win Olympic medals and raise a family. And he tells us his story of overcoming trials and helps us to see how we can have our obstacles make us better rather than bitter. Today we're talking about happiness and not in the um, gumdrop house from Lollipop Lane that Homer Simpson so proudly described. We want to talk about how do you turn lemons into lemonade, really? How do you take a trial? How do you take a problem that you're facing with your life and actually do something with it? Instead of just being beat down and the victim of it, how do you overcome day to day the pain that can come from just living, 
And we've got really a good friend and a great, great man, Mr. Mike Schlappy. He also likes to be called Happy Schlappy. And he's joining us today. Now, Mike is a speaker. He owns a company. He's an author. Um, he has literally one of the most incredible resumes you've seen. He's a four-time Paralympic medalist in the USA men's wheelchair basketball. So he's an Olympian for us. He's a two-time world champion in wheelchair basketball. He's an Olympic torchbearer for the 2002 Winter Olympic Games. In fact, I remember you were one of the last people to bring the torch in. Yeah, I've been uh, very blessed. And uh, who would have thought uh, many years ago when I was sitting there with my friend and yeah. yeah in know, fact, tell your story, Mike, because this is a big deal. Yeah, you know, I was a typical kid and life was perfect. And I grew up on Lollipop Lane and a little small Gum community. Drop. That's and right. Great parents and being primed by my dad to be this yeah. exceptional he was athlete. A coach. He was a coach and a good family and yeah. everybody in this small town respected and trusted each other. Mm-hmm. Well, one Friday afternoon, I was on my way to a football practice. So I ran down the street to get my friend, and our other buddies were anxiously waiting for us at the junior high school. And I still remember five foot ten, you know, I was Ugh. quick on my feet, ran Good down the street, yeah. you know, across the road. And so I was just excited. And I pounded on that door, and my friend said, Mike, come in, come in, come in. So I walked down the hall, and I found him in his mom and dad's bedroom. Mm. Nobody was home. And you know, I plopped down on the white bedspread. He got a hold of his dad's off-duty police gun. Oh, jeez. You probably know where this is going. Yeah. And he just proceeded to take the gun out of the case, thought he took the bullets out of the gun, thought he had an empty gun. This was an accident. Yeah. Three feet away, pointed it at my chest, pulled that trigger. Bam. Bam. My life changed. Mm. And it hurt. People ask me how it feels to get shot. <laughs> it hurts. I don't recommend don't it. Don't even ask. No, I don't recommend it. It yeah. punctured my lung, missed my heart barely. Yeah. Hit my spine, paralyzed my legs. I'm actually sitting here talking to you in a wheelchair. Um, no stomach muscles. Man. Legs that don't work. A lot of phantom pains. I, I'm not complaining at no, all. I'm just, just painting the reality are. that I'm sitting here in a whole different world yeah. than I knew for the first 15 years. Yeah. Do you relate? I mean- so as you look out there and you hear the boy with leukemia and you hear all of these headlines and a 14-year-old going to jail for shooting somebody, for killing somebody, and you hear all these headlines, you got to relate to these people and their families and the victims. And Oh, I, I relate, I think, in a different way. Yeah. I wouldn't want to ever pretend like I understand everyone, no. everyone's problem. Mm-hmm. But I have plenty of problems that you can't see. Now yeah. I've got this big thing called a wheelchair. Yeah. And it sits in front of the world and the world sees me and they react differently. And it changed my life. But there's a whole lot more to, to being in a wheelchair than from just pushing to point A to point B. Yeah. There's pain. There's sexuality issues. Uh. There's bowel and bladder issues. Why do I tell the audience that? Because I know there's a whole lot more to depression than just having somebody say, snap yeah. out of it. So this yeah. changed my life. My mom showed up. They rushed me to the hospital. By the way, your mom shows up while you're on the bed, shot. Yeah, laying there, and I've always tried to deal with life in a humorous way. Uh It's been one of my coping mechanisms. And she had curlers in her hair. This is 35 (laughs) years ago. Yeah. And I didn't have much oxygen, a punctured lung, and I looked at my mom and I said, gee, mom, you look nice today. (laughs) So even then you're laughing. Or not laughing, but trying to ease the moment. Oh, absolutely. And now that I have five children, I I can relate with my mom. But she was there for me. She touched my hand. 
She ran her fingers through my hair. She called. My friend's dad was a cop. Uh, so she calls 911. And now the cops are coming to the cop's house. He shows up. Oh, and brother. he's trying to help me, but figure out how in the heck what gun, what is his on, gun. She, yeah. So you can imagine. Yeah. Him. And I spent the next eight days in intensive care. And it was hard. Well, it probably I, rocked your town, your school. Mike Schlapp, he's been shot. He's shot. It rocked my world. But my friends, you know, they were there for me. Were they? The local newspaper said, boy shoots himself. Oh, geez. They got that wrong. Yeah. Father leaves loaded revolver on nightstand. Star athletes, student body president clinging to life. So I put myself in my friend's shoes. Yeah. He was scared. Yeah. And I, I quickly realized I'm, doing, I'm going through a lot of pain here. Mm-hmm. But this didn't just happen to me. Interesting. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would want all your listeners out there to know that there were days that I wanted to reach over there and pull that plug out of the wall. Be done. And end it all. And, uh, but I, as you said, I was happy schlappy happy as a kid. Schlappy. I wasn't raised to quit. Now yeah. my wife calls me crappy. Yeah, that's a whole other story. <laughs> we'll go there on another yeah. show. <laughs> but I just, uh, I just laid there and I had to adapt. I had to change. I had to figure this out. I had tubes in my nose and in my lungs, lots of pain. Uh, By the way, my girlfriend dumped me three days later. Loser. Did she really? <laughs> yep. What kind of woman would dump a man? Well, I'm You've sure I embellished the story out. a little bit. But, <laughs> so that good. didn't help. Yeah. And then my football teammates dedicated the game to me. They lost 36 oh. to zero. Well, don't dedicate it then. <laughs> You're going to lose. So here oh, I'm laughing, nice. but when I go back into that emotion many years ago, even though somehow deep inside I knew I was going to figure this out, mm-hmm. this was this was rock bottom for me. The only way I'd I'd never known anything more rock bottom. Well, that than is this. as low as you had gone. And, is it as low as you've gone since? In different ways. I've yeah. come to realize that people that aren't carrying around wheelchairs, they have a whole lot of different types of pain. Yeah. And I don't ever want to minimize that. No. And uh, and so it's real. Yeah. And it's something that we just have to, to figure out. I spent, you know, five months in the hospital. And I would work up a sweat mat every day trying to make my big toe flinch. Just move. Trying to move it. Just, just move. Just flinch. And just – and I was mad at God. Uh-huh. You know, I was bargaining with heaven, you know, hey, you know, I need this and I'm an athlete and, you know, why me? This should happen to chess players. Yeah. People that don't play Don't use their legs. I mean, you know, and so I was, I was looking back, I was trying to figure all this Mm -hmm. out, but it wasn't easy. No. Well, maybe that's what makes you such a great speaker because you've, think of how many iterations you had to, almost, I bet you every day you had to conjure up new hope and then get it beat down by just a bad day. Yeah, and then conjure it up the next morning again and again and again. Yeah, and then people that come visit you. Yeah, and you smile and everything's fine. Yeah, and then they leave and yeah, everything is fine, but no, it isn't. No, yeah, you can't be real. Did you feel like you couldn't show who your your real hole, your real fear? Kind of. And I look back and I think that's a little bit of it. I I don't know that I went through those steps of grieving yeah. and denial all properly. Yeah, I don't know that I healed. Perfectly, yeah. But somehow, some way, looking back with time, I was able to make it through. And yeah. I, I, you know, I give a lot of credit to the people around me, mom and curlers, mom and curlers, friends, even my buddy that shot me. Yeah, tell us about that. What's because think of that. So that's your trial. That's your side of this. His side is what? I mean, his side was denial. Mike shot himself, <laughs> and then the truth came out, and then we came to grips, and he actually showed up when oh, I was still in intensive care, and they cleared out the room. And it was just he and I. Wow. And he sat right next to me, and 
and we looked at each other. We both started crying. He handed me a book. And on the inside left cover of this book, I still have it. It's a book called Gifford on Courage. Anyway, he'd written, Mike, I will never forgive myself, Uh. but I hope someday you will. Once again, reinforced to me as a young man that my visual impairment that the world could see Uh was maybe no more difficult than his non-visual impairment that the world couldn't see. see. Someone could come open a door for me, come push me, come help me up the ramp, but no one ever walks up. To him. Well, in fact, we, we almost judged him. You know what I mean? So part of, the, part of his curse is the judgment of society that thou takes it out on him without even knowing. Yes. That's and so I, I, I take some credit for recognizing that my friend was struggling. We didn't abandon each other. My friends in the school were all there for him. That's good. Uh, it was just one of those int- – he never really did forgive himself. Yeah. You know, he, we'd go to the mall, we'd go to movies, we'd hang out, we were neighbors, we cared about each other. And on more than one occasion, people come up and say, Mike, what happened to you? And I just had yeah, what to do you kind say? of, he shot me. He shot me. <laughs> See, that, you can laugh about that. Oh, but, I can laugh, yeah. Yeah, he shot me. What a jerk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the story comes full circle. He ended up never really forgiving himself, robbing a bank, getting involved in drugs, ended mm-hmm. up in prison. For 25 years. Did he really? On a whole other thing, ends up robbing a bank. And I don't think this situation necessarily created that entire scenario. It's more of the same, though. But he got out of prison, and five years ago, we connected. What was that like? So, yeah, what's it like now? Well, it was weird. I mean, you know, I'd always had this prayer in my head and in my heart to reconnect with Uh my friend. And four or five years ago, I was in Salt Lake City. My cell phone rang. I knew that voice. It was my friend. It was him. He'd been out of prison for five years. He was five miles away. I talked him into coming to the restaurant. Come I was a little restaurant. bit anxious and nervous. I'll be the as guy in the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you'll still recognize yeah. me. I'm older with glasses and fatter <laughs> and all that stuff. But he walked in, and it was just kind of, it was just special. Mm. We went to shake hands, and here's a tough guy, and he walked right through my handshake, and we just, embraced. And it was just a, a neat moment for me. It was a healing moment for me. I hope a healing moment for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was fine. I had been for years. But I I feel like that helped bring some closure mm-hmm. to this disability of mine and hopefully whatever he had been dealing with in his life. I mean, you need it, don't you? You need – you got to face it. You just can't keep – I mean, imagine how long he thought about the demons from that and had to deal with that every day. Oh, yeah. And then even you probably wanting to reach out with just a good heart and try to help him. But, you know, he was in prison. and Yeah, no, he, he went through his thing. But I was so proud of him that he would come back, yeah, shake my hand, give me a hug, reconnect with me, give me his phone number. Because he, he could have easily just disappeared. Oh, yeah. I, I'm proud of my friend yeah, because despite huge. his past— He's now headed in a better direction. Well, see, and maybe that's – so when we come back from the break, we're going to end up – I want to get in-depth on how do you turn the corner. So you, you had a lot to do. You had a lot to do. I mean like just getting in shape to hold yourself up in a chair and transfer from chair to chair and all these other things, these great stories you tell. But um, I really want to get into that. Before we go really quick though, Mike, what's um, – what would you say? So I mean what do you – it's life's going to dump on you, right? Yeah, yeah. So before we go to the break, about a minute, what's, 
What's what do you do when right now? Because you've got people out there listening that they haven't been shot, but they feel like it, or they've just been divorced, or they've just been ignored, or they just you know lost their job. What do you do? What's the first thing we do to just start? Well, I think the first thing we do is we just accept it. Yeah, it's it's my thing. It's coming my way. I'm not going to be able to completely get rid of it right now. Yeah. I need to let it go inside of me. I need to deal with it. I need to face it. Yeah. Uh, to just pretend it's not there. Yeah. That's like me pretending my wheelchair isn't here. Oh, yeah, I could put a skirt on yeah. and let it hang to the floor and go <laughs> rolling around. I'm four foot three and nobody might notice. Yeah. But it, it, it's real. You're floating <laughs> and suffering. So I just say let it come your way. It's going to come your way. Yeah. Let it be what it is. It is what it is. And it's not you. It's just – your challenge. Yeah. It's not who you are. It's not your strength. It's not your weakness. It's just your challenge. It's just what it is. And, it, and it, you know, it doesn't mean that we don't wear our seatbelts and that we don't do everything we can to avoid these mm-hmm. things. But I've learned in life, I've, we all have, that yeah. everyone has their stuff. Yeah. It's just a matter of whether they can identify it and admit it's there. That's huge, and man. And begin to deal with it. Good stuff, Miguel. Love it. Um Okay, that's Mike Schlappy. We're going to come back. We're going to hear more from Mike and really get into the tools for what do you do moving forward? How do you take the lemons that life throws at you and make lemonade? You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. rest of Matt's interview with Mike Schlappy that I'm sure you've all been waiting for. So to recap, Mike got shot when he was 15 by his friend who was showing him his father's gun and didn't know it was loaded. Now he has no stomach muscles and has had to learn to live a life in a wheelchair. And his friend had a really hard time forgiving himself. But Mike just taught us a really great principle. If you resist change, you'll fail. If you accept change, you'll survive. But if you make change, you'll succeed. In the rest of the interview, he'll teach us how to make those changes in our lives and in our perspectives. So, Mike, what's the what's the what are the keys? How do you move it forward? How did you get from the bed on your back as a 14 year old boy devastated to a world class athlete four Olympic Games, four medal attempts and actually. You won, I think, four medals, except two lost. golds, two bronze, two bronze, and um, and then just a great father, uh, an incredible speaker, a torchbearer, an MBA. I mean, you did it all. So, what's the key to get out? How do you get out of this? Well, I think you just used the words. You just got to get out there and get doing it. You know, I felt this in my head. I felt it in my heart. This was real. This was painful. It was my thing. Mm-hmm. But I just got to work. I just got busy. I just got in rehab and I got popping wheelies and learning to dress myself and trying to play sports and learning to deal with all the other stuff yeah. that comes with being paralyzed. And I just got busy. And I hope that doesn't sound like I was in denial, but that's the first thing is I just got to work. Well, Or versus sitting there stewing. Oh, yeah. I mean, thinking about I mean, your head had to have been your worst deal. Oh, yeah. I was analyzing the heck out of this, you know, and and all along I'm hoping it'll change. Yeah, exactly. And I love the saying, Matt, if you resist change, 
you fail. I love if that. you accept change, you survive. Mm-hmm. If you actually create change, you succeed. Oh, that's great. So I had to do things different, but different isn't bad. It's no. just different. Yeah. And so this, this was very, changed. yeah, I had to adapt. I had to do things different. I had to shift, whatever word you want to call it, but I got busy doing it. Mm-hmm. And then gradually it got easier. And again, I'm not trying to deny the feelings. Yeah, I know. There's something I feel very strongly about when you're feeling pain, whatever kind of pain, physically, emotionally, whatever. Attach a meaning or a purpose to the pain. Hmm. What do you mean? So when you're feeling sad and bummed and frustrated, like life's dumping on you. Attach a meaning, attach a purpose. Know that you will come out of the end of yeah. this stronger, you can better, use it. Yeah. if you approach it properly. If somebody came to me and said, cut off your finger, I'd say, no, why? That would hurt. That's dumb. Yeah. Oh, Mike, would you do it for your son or your daughter? Oh, done. Take my finger. Take my hand. And I, so I'm not trying to oversimplify yeah. it, but when you attach a meaning or a purpose. Yeah. It elevates it, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, uh, and so for me, I had to attach several purposes. You know, some of them are positive kind of things, things like, uh, you know, like I'm going to be the, one of the first people in a wheelchair to go on a mission for my church. Hmm. Or I'm going to go on and get a master's degree because my legs don't work, but I'm going to get all the education I can. So Excellent. almost a, you say I can't. But I can yeah. kind of a little bit of that negative motivator, right. like a goal. But and then, but you didn't you didn't bite off little goals either. You wanted you, a lot of your goals were kind of audacious. Yeah, I you know I believe it's better to shoot for the stars and land in the trees than shoot for the trees and land Absolutely. in the mud. Why not? You're still moving forward. That's and, right. and so I you know I set a goal to be the first wheelchair basketball player to represent our country in four consecutive games. So I was trying to attach this purpose or this meaning, right? To my pain, and it probably didn't all make sense to right. me back at that age. But what I a, just think of that, though, Mike. What NBA star has been in four? Um, I mean, not that I know of. Maybe I one. Mean, anything I don't know. doing it four years at that's sixteen years. Yeah. You had to be in your game. Yeah, a lot of hard work. It's huge. A lot of sweat. A lot of guts. And but again, but that was just something for me. It's kind of like I, I, I believe it's okay to have a bad day. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's normal. You should have mm-hmm. a bad day. But I challenge people, don't let that bad day turn into a bad week, a bad month, a bad year. Yeah. Don't let because it Because then going. you hang your head. You think you're no good. You think you don't matter. Yeah. Every single person in the sound of our voice is a good person just because they're alive. That's right. And so I, I feel strongly about these things. And another thing that worked for me, and you know, we're kind of t- feel, talking yeah. philosophically here, is I believe there's a difference between mood and attitude. People say, oh, just snap out of it. Just be happy like Homer yeah, Simpson. Right. No, a mood is real. It's your feelings, and you don't want to deny your feelings. But an attitude, if you look up what an attitude is, it's a position. It's the way we're heading. If you oh, talk like to a, a pilot yeah. on an airplane, yeah. he'll tell you his most important instrument is his attitude indicator. Not his altitude, his attitude indicator. I didn't even know a plane had I one. Yeah. I asked a pilot, I said, what does that mean? He said, oh, an attitude indicator is my most important instrument. I said, what? And he said, yeah, it tells me the position of my airplane. Of the plane. If relative leaning, to yeah. the air surface or whatever. And so that's what I like to say to people is get yourself positioned where you want to go. Yeah. Physically, socially, emotionally, spiritual, whatever. Right. Position yourself to your future, yeah, but still have good days and bad days. Yeah, you can have it. It's oh. like I guess it's like riding the air. You can fly left and right in the air, yeah. Whatever the where you know wherever the winds push you, but just know where you are and where you're and heading. Then get back and where you're headed. If I'm starting in L.A. and I want to get to New York, yeah, I'm heading that direction. That's right. And you can't let your attitude get too out of whack, yeah, or you'll be messed up. 
Anyway, so that's kind of some deep stuff that works for me. No, but that's but, great. Uh, and then tell me how – so you've then been able to – I mean, you're more than even just an athlete. You're a speaker. You're a dad. You have a family. You, I mean, and sometimes that's a big trial too. I mean, because – you're now all of a sudden you're out and about. I mean, I, I've even you and I had gone to lunch once, and it was just it snowed like a foot. You remember this? It snowed a foot or two, <laughs> yeah. and I'm sitting, and I, I you're sitting there, and you, and your car's a block, two blocks away, and there's like two feet of snow out there. Yeah, and I've probably got my gloves on, and I'm pushing through you, the snow. You and are. I'm, it's amazing. I'm dealing with it, and you know what? Someone might have came up and said, "Can I help you?" And I'd have mm-hmm. said, sure. "Sure." And I'm a big believer. Yeah, we don't deal with our pain and our problems. All by ourselves. Yeah. Now, maybe we don't need to burden everybody we sit by on the airplane. Right. But we need to bring people into our world. I had my friends were there. My family was there. Heaven was there for me. Yeah. And all of that stuff helped me get through my pain. And, uh, you know, so I would challenge people to don't just do this alone. Yeah, that's what they do. They hide away, don't they? I think so. We want. I think it's just, I guess we just don't want to be a burden. Yeah, then we carry it alone. I mean, you're willing to ask for help. And it's funny because you handle your chair better than people around you. Like, we're like, we don't know what, we don't want to offend. But people the reality don't know what to is, do. I know. You know, it's like when I meet somebody and I can tell they're depressed. I don't know what to do, yeah. but I know I have compassion for them. Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate the folks that are listening to you and I mm-hmm. because it tells me they're willing to think about their life and think about where they can improve. One thing I love about speaking. Yeah. For the first several years, I'd get up there and it was about me. Right. Now I go on that stage and I have every desire in, that, in my heart yep. to get into these people's lives and help them. And I've known, and I think anybody knows when yeah. you're dealing with a problem in life, you know you've kind of come full circle when you can talk about that problem, learn from it, and share it with other people and let it actually help other people. Oh, yeah. I mean, isn't that – it's like our opening story today about that Leland camera – this little boy has leukemia, Service. and at five years old, he knows he just needs to serve. Yep. So when you lo- and then I guess that's one of the keys then to get out of the unhappy funk. We we got to get out of ourselves and start serving, giving it back. I mean, you travel all over the country, and you've written a book. I love the name of this book. The name of the book is called "Shot Happens." I got shot. What's your problem? You know, it's not meant to be an offensive title, but it is Shot Happens, like this happened yep. to me. Yeah. And then that subtitle is actually a question, not like a statement or in your face, but yeah. I got shot. What's yep. your problem? What's your problem with that? You know, when I hold up my Olympic medals when I speak, Matt, I, I also hold up the actual bullet that spent two years in my spine that caused this new world of mine. And I hold those in equal reverence. Yeah. The Olympic medals and the bullet. And one of my challenges to people is to find your bullet. Mm. What is it that stops you? It's huge. She had two golds, two bronze, and a lead. Is that how you say it? Yeah, two golds, two bronze, and that's a little piece of lead, yeah. And it's interesting. You hold them in the same reverence because you learned. So whether it's the gold, this great, incredible, wonderful blessing of life, or the lead, they both served you. They absolutely both served me. That lead, that little thirty-eight caliber piece of lead that shifted my life in another direction actually closed a few doors but opened some other doors. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to play high school or college or maybe professional basketball. Well, I thought those dreams were all done, and now looking back 35 oh. years, it opened that door to representing my country in yeah. the Olympic Games and winning a gold medal and the flag raise, the national anthem, 
all because now I don't recommend people run around to get yeah. shot and you need don't to wear sh- helmets. Yeah, yeah. No, no right. <laughs> but you get it, yeah. But everybody has their thing and use it to your advantage. See, I guess that's it. And because if everybody's going to have the proverbial shot in the gut that's going to hurt them, um, if we can turn it into a gold medal for us, one of my favorite quotes is C.S. Lewis, who says, "The cross comes before the crown, and tomorrow's another Monday." So the pain, the cross that we have to all carry comes before you get crowned with glory, right? And tomorrow you start it again. So you got this, uh, the bullet comes before the gold. Yep. And, t- and you start again tomorrow. I mean, you're going to, on the way out, you start, you're back, you're back to being a guy in a wheelchair, putting your chair in the car and driving home. Absolutely. And if you're having a bad day out there, that's okay. Just remember, tomorrow is a new day and it ended last night. That's right. Tomorrow is a new day that ended last night. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is just, you know, it's just, it's just neat stuff when people are willing to just think about these things and actually deal with it. Yeah, absolutely. I admire those people. And, and it's, it's, yours is an amazing story, but everybody's story is amazing if they'll just handle it. Get in, jump in, like you say, get busy, focus on the attitude, not always even the altitude, and... And I guess serve, look yeah. to serve. Good stuff, Mike. Now, Mike, where can they find you if they want more information about you, your book, and other things? Oh, they can find me all over the place, hopefully at my fishing pond. They oh, can find me in great? Draper, Utah, but they can find me easiest, most easy on uh, at MikeShalappy.com. That's S? MikeShalappy.com, and it's S-C-H-L-A-P-P-I. It's awesome. Yep. And there's audios on there. He has award-winning audios telling his story. Mike Slappy, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Very inspiring. Isn't that what it's about, my friends? It's, a, it's about that. Um, a human, real-life story of making life worthwhile, even though maybe you weren't handed the best hand. Uh, you're listening to The Matt Townsend Show, folks, right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. last segment wasn't inspiring. I don't know what is. Mike Schlappi, what an incredible human being. Continuing with this theme of happiness, we're going to wrap up this episode with Matt giving us five tips for happiness. Uh, rule number one for a key to a happy people is they take responsibility for their own happiness. Even as Mike uh, showed you that, um, it's, it's just powerful to think about how much power the human has inside of them to take something as negative, as unhappy, uh, as just difficulties in life, and turning those around. There's a great uh, story. One time I was on the radio, um, and there was a a big news story you may have remembered about a woman named um, Lori Hacking, who was killed by her husband in Salt Lake City. And um, I was talking about forgiveness on the show, and one day uh, this woman on the calls in, her name is Thelma Suarez, and Thelma happens to be Lori Hacking's mother. And we were talking about forgiveness, and she calls in and basically taught us the most important lesson ever. She says, every single day, I have to forgive Mark Hacking for killing my daughter. Every single day, I make a choice to do that. And she says, he doesn't do it necessarily because Mark deserves it. She does it because it makes her happy. 
And so she chooses to take that responsibility. So one of the goals and tools to help you live a happier life is to make sure you're choosing it and you're taking it on as a responsibility of your life. Your life is truly um, yours to live. You're an actor. You're an agent in your life. And I, I just found as I work with people and coach them, uh, trying to create better lives, those that take responsibility for their life, their happiness, even their sadness, um, they tend to they tend to take it to the next level. The second key to happy lives is to li- learn to live your life out of love and not fear. You know, as Mike was talking about it, there's just so many things that we're afraid of. We're afraid of being rejected. I mean, Mike was afraid of maybe being seen as different. Here he's a teenage boy, and now he's going to have all of these physiological issues. And, and he, in his speeches and audios, he talks about going to a dance where he was scared to death to dance with a girl because how do you dance in a wheelchair? And they, they actually figured it out, and he just risked it. And he asked a girl, and they danced, and she didn't know how to dance with him, and he didn't know how to dance with her, so he just had her sit on his lap, and he just rolled around the floor with her on his lap. And then eventually all the other guys were watching that thinking, Lucky, look at that cute girl on, sitting on his lap. Sometimes if we can live our lives out of love and not fear, if we can serve people and not necessarily be afraid, sometimes if we can just see when someone's hurting— and, and reach out instead of because we don't know what to say? What if we just started reaching out and saying, you know what, you seem a little down? And ask, and even if you don't know what to say next, but maybe that's what everybody in this world needs is somebody that's not afraid to love. The next tool, the next rule is to look for the positive in every setting. Um, what, uh, one of my favorite examples of this is from a woman named Corey Tenboom. And Corey uh, was a Christian who would help to hide the Jews from the Nazis. And um, eventually she got caught. And after she got caught, she was thrown into a camp. And while she was in the camp, they had all of these—the um, camps were infested with fleas. And so every night at the end of the night, they'd get to sit back. They'd all kind of relax as to the degree you could relax in a concentration camp. But they'd have a prayer and they'd read their scriptures. Now, the scriptures were contraband. They weren't even supposed to be in there. And every night as a, a group of women, Corey Tenboom would say a prayer when she, where she would thank her heavenly father or God for the fleas in the camp. And one day her sister just flat out couldn't take it anymore. Quit being so positive. Sound like Homer Simpson, right? Uh, quit being so positive. And um, in the end, uh, Corey just smiled and, said, and, the, and the sister was saying, why are you always thanking God for the fleas? And Corey just smiles and says, because, because the fact that we have the fleas in our camp or our um, barracks means that the officers aren't going to come in and investigate what's going on in the barracks. Because if they did, they'd find our scriptures and we wouldn't be able to share our scriptures. So powerful, powerful stuff about looking for the positive. Mike had to look for the positive, and that's his whole discussion about altitude. Another great story is about, or an example of what um, healthy people do is that can create happiness, or they're able to forgive others quickly. Now, forgiveness is a really interesting thing. To me, forgiveness is love in reverse, right? How we get over our past is we have to exercise some form of love. And Mike was talking about the power of loving uh, yourself, the power of serving and loving others is a great way to heal. So if you're at home right now struggling, stressed out, not quite sure what you're going to do with your life, not quite sure how you're going to handle these trials, how you're going to pay for your next bill, um, especially when you just lost your job, 
Maybe it's time to just look for love. Try to find a way to serve. Maybe try to find a way to lose yourself. As Mike said, sometimes he'd, when no one else was listening on the earth, he'd go to his God and uh, try to find some peace there. So forgiveness of your past and try to find some love. It tends to work for all of us. And the last tool is to completely lose yourself in others. Um, to me, it's such a noble trait to just get out of yourself. And so maybe this is where we start reframing. If you're struggling because you're losing your house or you're out of a job, maybe what we can do is find a way to, instead of feeling so down for yourself, instead of trying to dig in, instead of digging your own hole where you don't feel like you're being, uh, you're worth anything, maybe now's the time that you give yourself away and you go to your children and you reframe your goal of recapturing your life back to serving your children, to loving your children. I think in the end, when we're fighting for someone else, as Mike talked about, it usually is the best motivator. A lot of us could give up on ourselves. In fact, a lot of us do. In fact, a lot of you maybe out there that are listening have already given up. And let me just challenge you. Don't give up. The world needs you. We need your ideas. We need your tools. Just like we needed Mike to get through his trial, there's people around you every single day that need you to get through yours. We can't have it where your song is not going to be sung. We need to hear your song. And so let's find a way to get the help you need to dig down. Keep listening to this show every day at uh, 5 o'clock Eastern time. We are going to be talking about the, the keys, the tools to get through life and to give you a leg up, plus hopefully a little motivation and a whole lot of ideas. Well, I feel much happier after listening to that episode. It was fun to listen to Matt's first baby episode, wasn't it? And he picked a really good interview to start with. Mike Schlappy is 100% made up of inspiration. I took so many notes when I was listening to him. Some of my favorite parts were when he talked about, in a plane, the attitude indicator is more important than the altitude indicator because it shows the position of the plane. And that's the same in life. Your attitude is more important than how high or low you are in life because it controls your perspective. I also loved it when he said, if you're having a bad day, just remember that tomorrow's a new day that ended last night. Good quotes. I hope you got something out of today's episode. And if not, just remember, whether it's Olympic medals or a bullet to the chest, both will change your life. So be grateful for your gold, but also be grateful for your life. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back tomorrow with more Matt Townsend.